John Sheezer, I'm here. Eric Marino. Eric. No, I gotta tell you about the Clippers. Sportsaholics, I gotta. Let's just hope this shit doesn't go viral. Okay. Is it I, I know. We are finally back. It's been a long, awesome summer. I don't even know what episode it is, and it doesn't even really matter at this point, does it, listeners? You know, damn, that's a great sound. And I can barely hear it because my headphones are all jacked up, which is hard to do a show when you're not face-to-face, but it doesn't matter. That's how dedicated we are. 3,000 miles away. Someone's in Los Angeles. Someone's in New York. 3,000 miles between Sportsaholics, everybody. But here we are. Marino, the She's, back again. Sportsaholics, She's, what is happening? Well, let's just get the uh, the 9-11. It is 9-11. <clears throat> Happy 9-11, everybody. Yes. Never forget. 18-year anniversary. Can you believe it? 18 years. And for all of you youngsters, which really, I mean... I guess if you're six or seven, you kind of remember that. But so really, if you're under twenty-four or five, like I, you just, I don't need to hear any nine-eleven story from you because it was like, oh, mom didn't pick me up at kindergarten, and that's sad. But yeah, um, you know, not quite as dramatic. Like I remember just like waiting in line to get gas. That was weird. I'm like, this is fucking crazy. But anyway, and you know what, I've. Listeners, I went out to New York. If you follow us on Instagram, you saw the pictures in front of Madison Square Garden and at the Mets game. It was fantastic. Uh, 38 miles worth of walking we did, Eric, in three days. Oh, we did 38 miles? That's what I clocked on my phone anyway. That's great. You're, the, you're an amazing tour guide. I've got to see the Empire State Building of, when it was all said and done from all sides. Walk yeah, there are four sides. Top, bottom. <laughs> yep, the east, west, <laughs> north, and south. Um, <laughs> no, well, on this day on 9-11, I was, in 2001, I was in California, and I had a job interview that day for a show that would eventually become known as That's So Raven. And it was weird to, you know, the towers were falling, and I had to get in the shower and print out my resume and, and still be professional and call and be like, hey, guys, uh, you know, you're leaving an answering machine message because it's 930 in the morning. But I was supposed to have a 1030, 11 o'clock, you know, interview. And you're going like, hey, I hope everyone you know is OK. I don't know if you're in the office today. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, the, and the, the job got the, uh, the interview got postponed from off 911. But that was a very strange moment where I still had to shower and print resumes and get ready to go in for this interview. And it was, you know, the biggest national crisis that we had in our lifetimes. I mean, since the Kennedy assassination, you know, that was the biggest thing that had happened in America. You know, it's a where, you know, you'll remember where you were kind of thing. And uh, and I think I got the job on that. So Raven season one, uh, which was then called Absolutely Psychic, I believe. And uh, I got it because when we finally met, it was sort of like, is everyone, you know, OK, <laughs> you know, there was this weird you had a weird connection with people. Just, I hope everyone you know is okay. Because when the towers fell, 
you thought like 25,000 people might be dead because it was in the middle of New York City, you know. Anyway. So what I'm hearing is you really played up that East Coast connection in that interview. You're like, oh. I got the job, didn't I? I'm yeah. just, I'm, I'm never going to, I'm never, I will never forget. I will never forget that so Raven either. Yep. It sounds like you're written as easy to, to me. That's good. good for That's you. not what I did. I did, I did not do that. But I'll tell you this, she's on this day in history in 1918, the Red Sox, the Boston Red Sox, won, uh, won, I believe, game six to wrap up the World Series against the Chicago Cubs, uh, 4-2, uh, winning the World Series in 1918, which would be the last World Series for 86 years, as some of you might know. Uh, so that happened also on September 11th. And on September 11, 2001, Red Sox outfielder and future world champion Trot Nixon uh, had a had a child was born on 9/11. That's one of the things I remember from 9/11/2001. So that Trot Nixon's son is 18 today. Happy birthday, uh, Trot Nixon Jr. or whatever your name is. I mean, surely it's Trot. It's got to be Trot Nixon Jr. Well, it's just funny because in 1927, Babe Ruth hits his record at the time 50th home run on his way to 60. To 60 on September sure. 11th, 1927. Uh, well, in 1928, she's Ty Cobb, his last hitting appearance, uh, he popped out against the Yankees. So there's another. Now, we've, we've gone from, you know, Red Sox, 1918 to Babe Ruth, and then the Yankees. We went from Yankee to Yankee. With uh, What else you got? Well, I just want to stop on Ty Cobb here. And listeners also, um, you know, we're thinking we're going to try some new formats, different ideas. I, I, we'd like the idea of just spitting history at you quick. You know, diving in, like, I want to stop here at Ty Cobb and just mention um, his mom shot his father with a shotgun and and told the cops that it was because she thought he was breaking into their house. Um, oh, right. But, you know, so obviously legendary, you know, hits has the hits record. Ichiro broke, or which Pete Rose broke, which then Ichiro broke internationally. If you, if you know, for those uh, oh, right. Japanese baseball fans. Um, but, yeah, legendary, like, all-time greatest hitter and all-time greatest racist, if if that if you're going to vote for something like that. like you, I'm not going to say he's the all-time. I'm not going to say he's the – I think he's in the racist Hall of Fame. I don't know if he's the all-time greatest Base- racist. All- all-time baseball racist? I'm not even going to give him that. I think he's a. I think he's a in the Hall of Fame of baseball racism. But I'm not going to say he's and he's way up there. I mean, he's on the short list. Yeah. But I think there's lots of room for race. There's always room for racism. That's true. Because like, I mean, if he's retiring in 1928, like he's not like. I mean, maybe in barnstorming games, you know, he's playing against like Negro Negro League teams. But other than that, you know, he's not going to have it. He's not having a Jackie Robinson run in on the field. But every Ty Cobb story is like, hey, insert racial slur, insert a fight. Uh, I think he beat up a guy one time with no legs because he called him. Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. Dropped him, dropped an N-bomb. And he was like, I ain't no N-bomb. Bam, I don't care if he got no legs. Here comes the beating. Uh, Ty Cobb, though. Uh, last well, I'll, I'll you know I'll I'll bring this back to actually like uh, here here's on the you know here's anti-racism. You know what else happened on this day in 1956? Cincinnati Red Frank Robinson tied the then rookie record with his 38th home run. So and of course he's a he's one of the only players that wins a uh, uh, MVP of both the AL 
and NL. He was one of the first African-American uh, uh, managers in baseball. Uh, he recently passed away. So, uh, you know, Frank Robinson on the side of the Angels – versus Ty Cobb on the side of the racists and the devils. <laughs> well, also, you know, on this September 11th, same year, Yogi Berra ties the career home run record for catchers, which at the time was 200 and a cute 36. 236 home runs. That's adorable. In 1956. Which... Wow, uh, I I was just gonna. I was gonna tell you that in 1971, the year I was, I was not quite born yet. I was about. I'd be. I was about due in about two weeks. Uh, U.S. Open women's tennis in Forest Hills, right by here. She, she's uh, Billie Jean King beat her doubles partner Rosemary uh, uh, Casales six four six seven, and that's a tennis legend right there. We got a lot of. Uh, you know, this is definitely a time of the year you get a lot of uh, baseball. Uh, you can see how much earlier the World Series was with the Red Sox and the Cubs in 1918. But, of course, we just had the U.S. Open wrap up here in New I watched, York. It's yeah, I watched a little bit of the Nadal, Nash, 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 or Davich, Davich. I forget the guy's name. but Med, Medvedev, wasn't it? <laughs> Medvedev. I can't say it. Yeah. No, no, that was it. Now, is Forest Lawn, is Forest Hills, is that where the – Forest Hills, yeah, Forest Hills. Forest Lawns is the cemetery. Yeah. Is Forest Hills like? Is that flushing? Is that like where where the complex is? Yeah, right that now? was that. You could we could see it when we went out to the when we went out to the Mets game. You could sort of see where it was. Okay. I have sound effects over here. She's in oh, New York. That's fantastic. I like that. I was wondering where the <laughs> fuck that was coming from earlier. Pardon my f bombs there. Um, yeah, I, you know, I'm really. I, what I'm saying is, no, having had such a good time getting sick eating pizza. Um, and wanting to do that again next year. Some of those early round U.S. Open tickets are like 30, 40 bucks. You know, it's like, I think there's, well, what, five, six rounds. I mean, there's 200 players, I think, in men and women's total that are entering the tournament. So, uh, yeah, our good friend, comedian Adam Ray, I think, just went out there with his, uh, with his mom and they had a great time, but it's like, it's one of those things that it, it, all the local New Yorkers are like, Oh, you've never been like the U S open is a whole thing. Uh, she's her. Uh, I'm going to tell you this event of interest on this day, 1985 Pete Rose, Cincinnati Reds career hit four one nine two off Eric show of the Padres eclipsing racist Ty Cobb's record. So there's another, there's another, uh, Ty, uh, Ty Cobb, uh, I mean, how dare you not to quote Brody Stevens? How dare you skip over September 11, 1976, dude? Minnie Minoso bats for the White Sox after being retired for 12 years. It was a Bill Veck publicity stunt. He's also the same owner that put the White Sox in shorts. Um, he also hired Eddie Goodell, the midget, to play for his bankrupt St. Small Louis person, Brown. little person. Jeez, uh, I mean, if you're gonna, if you can't, you can't go smashing Ty Cobb and then using the midget word. Okay. I mean, I just the thing is, I can't. I like not that it's a pass, but framed on my wall is a uh, the picture is a postcard from. Hold on, pardon, pardon me, listeners, pardon me. I'm gonna step away from the mic. Step away from the mic. Bob Kane, that's the guy. Pitcher's name. I got a, I got a Christmas card. Oh, you have it. From Bob Kane autographed, uh, and it says Kane pitching to Midget with him pitching with a little line going into the glove past Eddie Goodell, and then above that, it's can I just, I'll just say N bomb M bomb. Uh, 
It's an M bomb. It's an M bomb. Right. Pitch hits for St. Louis Browns. So, um, which the St. Louis Browns did they then become the Orioles? I think they became the Orioles. Um, oh, the St. Louis Browns do become the Orioles. That yes. is true. Because I was like, the St. Louis, I, I the St. Louis Browns the, were terrible. I was going to say the Senators, but I was like, no, the Senators. No, the Senators were the Senators. The Senators became the Twins, and the and then they yes. they became the Rangers and the Twins. I think they originally become the Twins, and they get recreated almost like the Cleveland Browns. Oh, is there one and, of those deals? Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I then mean, it's like there's a second. Technically, the Senators previously were the Kansas City uh, Packers before they moved to. There you go. Yeah, so it's like so technically the Twins. You're welcome, Minnesota fans. You're I welcome. can also. I can also tell you, uh, in 1994, Andre Agassi won his first U.S. title uh, at the U.S. Open, and uh, and you know what? Serena Williams won her first Grand Slam title on this day in 1999. So 20 years ago today, uh, Serena, who just lost in the finals over the weekend, won her first Grand Slam 20 years ago. And now as a mother, she's now post-motherhood has lost in the la- her last four Grand Slam finals, which is like, it's, you know, it's, I mean, I, we have, we've never seen anyone, we've never seen any athlete perform at this level post-motherhood. This is a whole new era. That's I mean, amazing. It's an amazing era. kind of equate it to post-Tiger almost getting run over by his wife, getting his car window shattered. Yeah, I'm really not going to, I'm really not going to, I'm really not going to equate it to that. No, I'm just saying both are very traumatic events that you had to like recover rehab from, um, mentally no, was, and physically, uh, took Tiger <laughs> seven, multiple back surgeries too. Um, but look, we'll never forget that Serena Williams is to quote, I'm a mother. I don't cheat. And so actually a very interesting documentary, on ESPN about that whole thing and that she had a history with that particular umpire that had gone back seven, eight years. So oh, yeah. it was a whole thing that it kind of brewed up that made her look really kind of like a bitch kind of, but then she, yeah, she brought in the women's stuff, which even like they interviewed Chris Everett and a couple other, uh, and call me Chris one more time. Call me Chris one more time. Um, oh, I, yeah, that was a great Yeah, the Jim Chris Everett thing with Jim Rome. <laughs> but Chris Everett says, uh, like, yeah, you probably, the women's thing, you'd have to bring that in. But, uh, no, it's very interesting. And, like, she did kind of get hosed over there a little bit. But nine, it's 20 years, though. I mean, that's pretty. Uh, 20 years. I mean, 20 years 18, of Serena. Uh, that, I don't mm. have that information right in front of me. I, but I could tell you. I could tell you that uh, Hall of Famer Ed Reed was born on this day. I could tell you that Tom Landry was born on this day. I could tell you that I could tell you that Johnny Unitas died on this day in 2002. Well, you know what? And since I discussed, um, you know, a man getting beaten earlier uh, with no legs on this day, September 11, 2014, a man with no legs shot and killed his girlfriend. And I'm talking about no, Oscar. no, he was acquitted. Well, he was found not guilty. Into oh. In 2002, he was found. Uh, 2000, 2014, he was found not yeah, guilty. Fa- I'm sorry. Yes, you're right. He had previously shot and murdered her. Uh, well, yes. He, well, accidentally killed her. But he was found not guilty of murdering his uh, girlfriend. Uh, but then later found guilty of. Uh, it was one of those OJ things. You know what I mean? Like Ronald Goldman's yes. family suing OJ 
for money. Got kind yeah, of he was found. He was found guilty then of culpable murder. Yes, hey, uh, I can also tell you. You know, interesting day for coaches. Bear Bryant was born this day, and uh, and the creator of NFL Films, Ed Sable, Steve Sable's father, was born on this day in 1916. Paul Bar- Paul Bryant, Paul Bear Bryant was 1913. So uh, yes, 2014, Oscar Pistorius found not guilty of murdering his girlfriend Reva Steenkamp, and is later found guilty of culpable homicide. That's this day in sports with Sheezer and Marino. September 11th. I mean, Eric, what do you think? Do you like this? Do you like this format? I do. I also think because we're going to try to do more daily because we're going to. It's like we're sportsaholics. You know, you got to you got to feed this Jones all the time. She's a lot has happened, uh, and and in some ways, some of this stuff is going to be fast and furious. Uh, like, look, Antonio Brown. Uh, not only is a patriot, he has now just been accused of rape. Would you say he's a rape-triot? Hey, oh, God. <laughs> wow. I mean, there's now, a here I, she's, I was God. planning to come on the show. I, I was planning to come on the show before we started and tell you I had this very interesting, elaborate, what I thought was a hot take, as we say, that, you know, I don't know if you heard this, but Tom Brady offered when the Patriots get Antonio Brown, right, which is crazy that he's not – he was – you know, I mean, as of last Thursday – he was a Raider who was suspended. Then he was going to play on Monday night. Then he wasn't going to play on Monday night. Then he makes a tearful apology in front of the with team captains behind him and the Raiders on Friday. So he's going to play. And then he he, he uh, I mean, because he's he's almost gotten a fist fight with his general manager, had to be held back. The tearful apology the next day. He's back in. Then then he releases an Instagram with where he has an auto recording of his coat uh, of Gruden. And the next morning he's released. And by the end of the day, he's now a patriot. Okay? And as if that wasn't crazy enough, <laughs> the Patriots, uh, Tom Brady had offered to say he can stay in my house, which was one of those great, the Caesar, I was going to tell you, of course, the Patriots last year got troubled player Josh Gordon on the team in an effort to make sure that uh, he uh, assimilated to Tom Brady and everybody. They put troubled Josh Gordon's locker right next to Tom's. So, you know, they could build a bond, you know, because it's like, hey, if you become friends, if you catch his, you know, passes from this guy, that's what we need you to do. We want you to be right next to Tom Brady. But now you have other troubled receiver, Antonio Brown, and I don't know, I don't know the layout of the locker room, and I don't want them to bump Josh Gordon. So I'm like, what can they do? And, of course, Tom Brady outdoes everybody saying, hey, he can live in my house with me and Giselle and the kids, which I think is like this top flight. If, if Antonio Brown had felt disrespected by various organizations, the Steelers or the Raiders, clearly here's Tom Brady, a world-class athlete, who's going to give him the complete TB12, hey, stay in my house. But here was my hot take, she's was that, I don't know if you know this, but about two months ago, Tom Brady and Giselle reportedly are putting their mansion in Massachusetts up for sale. So I was gonna, I had this hilarious thing that I wanted to do that really this whole thing is about Tom trying to sell his house to Antonio Brown. That while everyone else thinks this is about tampering and conspiracies, it's like, no, they're just trying to sell Tom Brady's house to Antonio Brown. This is like a real estate deal, which I thought was great. And I was so excited to share this thought, except now we now have news coming out of Florida that there is a civil suit. It's just been filed, apparently, that Antonio Brown has been accused of rape and raping his uh, sexual assault of a former trainer. Happened back in 2017. 
And it is a, uh, I mean, there's no criminal charges as of yet. As far as we know, there are no police reports. And it's just a very, like... The one I saw, it said that there were three separate incidents and she was... There are, supposedly, that is the same report. We are seeing the same reports. The physical uh, trainer of some sort. I don't know if she worked. I mean, I guess, obviously, she would have been a private trainer because he's... Apparently, they met each other in college at Bible study met again re- reunited years later becomes a comes helps in his training and uh and then you know she is alleging at least a rape and then th- there is there's some very uh, very awful things and of course in this you know we want to i don't you know what i don't want to say anything disparaging yep. i just i don't want to say anything disparaging i just wish of course as a patriot as a patriot fan who also went through Aaron Hernandez, I certainly wish these charges had been filed or this case had been when I think Antonio Brown, the Steeler, I would have enjoyed seeing the charges. I think, you know, we had, we had five episodes of hard knocks, you know, and you know, we don't get, we don't, we don't get the case until he's Patriot Antonio Brown. Uh, damn it. <laughs> damn it. Do I have another, uh, do I have another Aaron Hernandez on our hands? Yeah. They've already put all the Photoshop pictures of him in the Patriots jerseys and you know it's yeah look it's let me tell you how I feel about it cheese this is how I feel about reading that Antonio Brown's been accused of sexual misconduct (laughs) I was was wait I was waiting for two train two toots but it's late and as we're recording this it's it's actually you know very early early a.m. late p.m. for me um uh Oh, I went back to Kansas City last week. I uh, yep. visit visit my grandmother, who's doing very well. Uh, Good to hear. And uh, visited uh, Karen, my favorite usher. Yes. Um, the greatest Royals employee, Section 427. Caesar, for people who haven't heard the show before, tell us the story. Who is Karen? What does it mean to you? Tell, reintroduce us. We have the time. Tell us the Karen story. It's 2015. 14. And we're... 2014, and we're in Kansas City. Go. So it's 2014. I've just moved to San Diego with my uh, future wife, and the Royals had the week previously quenched, well, quenched nothing as far a wild card berth. So the first playoff appearance in, uh, at the time, 29 years. And as That's it's, a long time. As it settled, hey, a... Uh, uh, well, anyway, uh, I was going to get say some World Series stuff, but then I couldn't do some math in my head real quick. But whatever, 04 to 14, what it's was it? It's fine. 88? It, it's fine by just saying it's a long it's a, time. It's a lot longer than 29 years. But So I fly into Kansas City, get picked up at the airport with my longtime friend Brent, who's currently fighting fires up in Alaska or British Columbia somewhere. Great guy. And for the first time in my life, I show up for a Royals game. The stadium's completely packed parking-wise. I mean, it's like a Chiefs Chiefs game level of parking. Tailgating going on, like a Chiefs game happening. Everyone rushes up to the stadium because they're not really anticipating, I mean, a sellout, but no one's ever really seen a sellout. And you get up to the gates, and it's just a mob of people, like probably 10,000 people trying to rush the gates last minute before the game starts. And so... They get down early. I like walking around the stadium. We had standing room only seats. I get behind first base. 
like right as the game started and John Lester was starting for the the athletics at the time. So I I hit him with the Lester Lester <laughs> and we were in that standing room right behind the Diamond Club underneath the concrete. I'm just trying to get in the guy's head. It was really quiet. I know he could hear me. I threw out my <laughs> voice immediately. Come to find out a month later, I actually dislocated my jaw that night because I was screaming and yelling so loudly. So wow, um, which that's a sportsaholic well, right there. It was one day I was like, why can't I put my jaw together? I'm like, and then I googled how to reset your jaw, and I did that, and everything was fine. You googled how to reset your jaw. <laughs> yeah, you just you shove your thumbs up under the side and then you just don't put. tell people. And no one do not do not tell people how to do it at home. Do not do it at home. See a doctor. All right. It's, I'm not going to have any liability. Hard. You just put a shit. Don't, I'm of, not here. We're not. Move on. Move just, on. Just put a lot of pressure under your face. Again, move on. Redacted. So, redacted. Go ahead. Meet up with some friends at the Diamond Club, and immediately Jordano Ventura gives up a home run. My buddy Kevin Quinn looks at me. He's like, you got to get the fuck out of here, man. Nothing good's happened since you stepped foot in here. And that kind of started the superstition thing, like right there. Which sure. I had no idea how it was going to grow. And then so we're walking around. We make our way up to Section 427. And, again, standing room only seats, and we're standing there, and there's a line. And this very nice lady's like, guys, you just stay behind the line. And we're like, yeah, no problem. We stay there a couple, about an inning, inning and a half. Royals are losing. All of a sudden, it gets to like the eighth inning, and they start rallying. I think they were down three. And so, run by run, almost hit by hit, Brent and myself are just accumulating like one extra Royals fan here, another one there. And before we know it, there's a mob of 10, 15 people that are just. Behind the line, but but it's filling up, and this lovely lady, Karen, if you've been wondering, this this woman, Karen. The lovely lady is Karen, without a doubt, again, the greatest employee the Royals have. So she's like, just, you know, you guys are fine here to stay behind the line. And just, it got to the point where I'm like, nobody's going back to your seats. I mean, we're tying the game. It goes into extra innings, goes into the 12th. (laughs) Um, Salvi gets the hit down the line. Christian Cologne scores. You know, it, it's just, they kept saying, like, oh, October baseball. Everyone had all this October baseball shit on. Well, it was, uh, it was September, what was it, 30th or whatever, midnight. Like, it, it wasn't October. It was like 1130 at night. And I'm like, it's not October baseball. It's not October baseball if it's not October. And so the game hit midnight. So at that point, I'm screaming, it's October baseball. Now it's October baseball. And then just hit after hit, game comes, you know, and just all this craziness happened. And just everyone just had such a great time. Well, then I went back for the ALDS game three, which, and yeah, I think it was just game three. And same thing, went back up there, rekindled our friendship. Section 427, Karen. And good luck things happen when you're with Karen in Section 427. I mean, now it's known as the Price Chopper section, but I think all the real Royals fans will know, will tell you that it's the Hy-Vee Plaza. Um, (laughs) Hy-Vee took their money and went over to the Arrowhead Stadium. It was replaced by the other local Kansas City grocer. Oh, I see what you're saying. I I got that. I just they they're trying to cash in on this uh, Chief Mania Mahomes. 
Yeah, something. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I'm expecting. I mean, we'll figure it out, but I'm expecting at least three. I'd like at least three Super Bowls in the next. All right, before we get on to the Chiefs, why don't we just stay on the Royals for a second because you're talking about the greatest employee in Kansas City Royals is Karen, Section 427. But she's a a sweetheart. She supports my comedy. She comes out. She's come out to to multiple shows in Kansas City, whether they're at a bar or at a comedy club. It doesn't matter. Um, Right. And just super funny. She drives a fast car. She's got a Camaro she recently (laughs) got. but. Um, She's got a bitch in Camaro. But I, I always like to just pop in and surprise her, not let her know I'm coming. But, but Yeah, we, we popped in when when I visited in 2016. 2016? 2017. Uh, we, I, yeah, I, I met Karen. She was great. Uh, it's a great time. She is amazing. But the real thing I wanted to talk to you now, segueing right in, is Sheezer, the Kansas City Royals, have a new owner. Yeah. Local guy, um God, not Pendergrass. I forget. I even forget his name. But it's not uh, the Glass family anymore. Not the not the Walmart family. So the Royals also have a TV deal coming up, where I think they're going to get their own network. So that's going to generate some extra money. But I, it's a fun place to play. I mean, they've got a bunch of. They've got the number three overall prospect in baseball. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr. is a shortstop who. Some scouts are saying it's the closest thing to A-Rod they've seen and since A-Rod, but that's huh. some scouts. He has purple lips and yeah, has a painted, like, uh, p- he has a painted picture of him as a centaur in his home. But, I mean, he's got like a Mike Sweeney vibe, which what that means uh, for, for you listeners is Mike Sweeney was a very conservative Christian star for the Royals throughout the yachts. He was the perfect face of a franchise that's in middle America. He was white and they would get rid of all their more talented Latino and African American players. Yeah, and the only thing I ever saw him do out of the ordinary is he stormed the mound one time on Jeff Weaver when he pitched for the Tigers, but I mean Jeff Weaver looks like (laughs) goddamn Chris Rock, gold chains and stuff. But I'm convinced that that, that Sweeney was on roids and just roided out. That had a, I mean, this was like, you know, four or five. I mean, it was right in the height of when everyone was eating something. Right. All right, so you're very excited about your Chiefs? Yeah, whatever. I, I They'll be good. Everyone here that's listening right now is Chiefs the hell out. Like, they've seen so much Chiefs stuff on national television. Like, it's great. I, I love it. Um, but... Yeah, a lot of people wearing these Mahomes headband wigs. Like, uh, I've seen them on dogs. I've seen them on too many of our friends that should not wear them. But this is a popular item around the Casey uh, Casey area uh, of uh, of these Mahomes wigs. Very popular. And as you're speaking, there's a Gatorade commercial on in the background with the Rams against the Chiefs. I'm like, really? I'm like, the Rams and Chiefs, okay. Uh, but, yeah, I just – I'm not – Whatever, we'll we'll talk about uh, the Royals. Actually, I, they won four in a row and then lost the next day. The whole the whole team was stacked full of rookies. I think they started nineteen or twenty rookies this year. Um, Mejia, I forget his first name, was one of their prospects. He he actually debuted in the day game that I went to. Um, and we'll we'll discuss this 
in a couple weeks, but I've made plans to visit Dallas to go see the Red Sox Rangers before they tear down uh, the ballpark in Arlington. That's right, Chiefs. Tell us about that. You like to go, you, like, you now have a collection of stadiums you've seen before they knock them down, correct? The first one was St. Louis, well, am I right? It's it's not, I just, what I just like to see, I like to check off stadiums, minor league. Sure, you know, but you want to definitely get them before they, if there are yeah. points, when you, when you visited here, we went up to Binghamton, you got to see the Rumble Ponies of Binghamton, which, by the way, there was a great little article about uh, when you were up there, uh, right after that is they just have a, they have a knuckleballer who's coming into their own. There was a, I think it was either on the Ringer, I think it was in the Ringer was about sort of the death of the knuckleball or the state of knuckleballs in baseball. And the Rumble Ponies have one of the, uh, the the one of the last practitioners of it, and he he suddenly is able he's sort of gotten a hold of it because uh, you know because it's a it's a difficult pitch to master. Interesting stuff that you know is and you went to see the Rumble Ponies, but so anyway. You, uh, you you saw St. Louis before they knocked it down. You want to make sure yeah. we get to the Rangers before in that 04, goes. Yeah, went and saw Bush because I I'd gone to Bush Stadium as a kid and like I think I think I did. I mean that was so long ago, but I I vaguely remember it. And so as a young adult, went back in '04, I believe it was was the last season of Bush, um, before the new Big Mac lands and all that kind of stuff. But it was. <laughs> I do remember it was against the Pirates. Uh, I do not remember who won, but um, but what surprised me is that that stadium in Texas, I believe, is twenty twenty one years old. I mean, it's relatively new in a stadium. Sure, sense. they're building the new one right next door. I actually drove past it a few months ago when I was in in the Dallas area just to kind of scope it out. And so, like the new one, like. We'll have air conditioning, which hopefully, according to Rangers fans, is going to draw bigger free agents who wouldn't want to stand in a 115-degree hot Dallas. I've always thought one August of the biggest problems night. that the Texas the Texas has is pitching in August in August heat that it wears out pitchers. I think that's a that's one of those things that gets an untold uh, factor. It's, I mean, I always say I think the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs don't necessarily uh, don't they, they don't get considered a cold weather city enough. I think people don't consider that playing Soldier Field like uh, on on the on a Great Lake is one of the reasons that the Bears have never had great passers. Uh, you know, uh, these are one of those things that maybe having air condition, you know, like a, a roof dome climate controlled in, environment. Uh, would probably be very helpful to the Rangers as as difficult as it is to pitch in, say, uh, the Rockies, Colorado. Uh, by the way, Colorado Rocky Ellis Burks also is his birthday is today. Happy birthday, <laughs> former Boston Red Sox and Colorado Rocky. I just had to get to that. Now, I've been to Rocky Stadium. I had a great time. I met Mike, the diehard Dodger. I was the Dodgers. That one I kind of backed into because my wife had uh, business um, travel to Denver. And so... I just piggybacked a couple of her appointments and in, in that I took How the red eye. I got into town early, went to the Rockies game and then made her go get the rental car and she just picked me up at the state didn't make her, but I just took the train in and then she got all that stuff situated and just picked me up after the game. Worked out beautifully. But great stadium, fun fans. Uh there were a ton of Dodgers fans there, so it was you know, I enjoyed myself. Um, All right. Well, let's get to the Dodgers. It's the perfect time because as as we are now doing this as close to as much as possible daily, here's the news from today. Uh, 
Judge, the Dodgers have uh, seven straight titles. They have they've won the they've clinched the NL West yet again seventh straight time. Still no World Series titles. Sheezer, you're in Los Angeles. What's your Dodger report? Um, well, I already looked online for the postseason hat. It's the forty two dollars. Why not jack it up a dollar or two every year and see if we don't notice? We do. Um, right. Seven in a row. It. Uh, it's. I, look, we're the Atlanta Braves. The Do- not the Dodgers. Very the similar Braves. to the Atlanta Braves of the nineties. Yes. yes, I hear that. But at least, the, but they got a World Series though. They won. They in got one. You know, and was it ninety five? Yeah. And yep. So, and so, you've got to at least get that. It's nice to have all the young talent for days. I, I mean, sure. Um, Lux, our minor league player of the year, just hit his first home run. Um, tonight or yesterday. And so it just it seems like no matter what rookie they bring up, they always perform, but it's it's going to come down to the bullpen. They have no bullpen at all. So I don't know if they're going to try to go with like a a K-Rod thing where the rookie comes up and like out of nowhere oh, yeah. shuts everyone down. With, but Gavin Lux here, like he's only batting – I mean, he's played in 10 games, but he's only hitting 180 or something. You know, he's not killing it, but um, he's also like the number 15 player on the on the team. But the center <laughs> fielder, Verdugo's hurt right now, and his rehab's taking a little bit longer, so that's kind of concerning. But they've got uh, three guys, or they got two guys over 30 home runs now, and I think Justin Turner, I think, there's – think it seems like too shy as of as we were recording this but i mean power all over the plate seager last night hits two home runs um you know so he's kind of heating up it's just like whenever one guy goes down one or two guys step up you know in the lineup with the bats um it's it's just going to come down to pitching i mean darvish blew it in 17 against houston he was tipping his pitches and all that kind of stuff and then the Red Sox were just a beast last year. I mean, there's not we much. We sure were. There's not much. I mean, but th- and the Red Sox have fired their GM, Dave Dombrowski, their head of baseball operate, president of baseball operations, Dave Dombrowski. Not yet a full year after winning the 2018 World Series against the Dodgers and setting a franchise record of 108 uh, wins, and I think they got like 119 or something for the you know all the playoffs. Uh, Dave Dombrowski is out, um, uh, which is very, very interesting. Uh, the other thing I was going to tell you, she's is especially with talking about guys going down, something in the National League that just happened today is uh, Yelich for the Brewers has broken his kneecap. He fractured his kneecap on a foul ball off his knee. That's really the biggest player of the, the Brewers. That may made the road of the NL playoffs a little bit easier. If you, you know, one of the best players on one of the rival possible playoff teams, the Brewers, isn't in the picture. He's done yeah, for the season. I, I wonder, I don't have the schedules in front of me. I mean, I know Milwaukee was, was out, but it's like, you know, the Cardinals and the Cubs both have to play, I'm assuming, Milwaukee three or six more times, you know, depending on how the schedule. But, yeah, that's uh, – that's a big blow, and that the, the Brewers the Brewers were are right now within a game of the Cubs for the second wild card. Yeah, that hurts. That hurts. Literally in the kneecap. 
Oh man, actually, there's I'm watching the replay of it right now. His full extension, full extended knee, and the ball hits it. Like so, there's nowhere for the knee to give at all. It's just God. That's sort of like remember how uh, what was it? Jermaine Die who broke his own leg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. World Series two thousand and five World Series MVP for the White Sox. That's uh, right. That Jermaine Die. I mean, that just takes me back to that Royals outfield of the ninety eight ninety nine season. Johnny Damon. And Jermaine Die and uh, damn, there was one other uh, Carlos Beltran. How could I forget? Yep. Of course, of course. Well, that was, that's what I was saying when we got to the talk of my way. Look at all the connections we've made here. She's been a pretty good show. It's been a good show, <laughs> and I mean, I'm down to do this every day. It's just I got to get better equipment on my end, um, and I, I like the stats, whether they're you know 45 minutes or 15, 20. You know, I just want to finish an episode and then be like, oh, you know, that's that's right. I remember, you know, Yogi Bear in 1956 on September 11th tied. No one remembers that. The, no one remembers that. Well, we just said it. What about Frank Robinson in 1956 on September? We know when none of us were alive. We just did it. We're educating millennials. We're just telling people, you know, we're telling them things. And we're not telling them how to reset their jaw. That's what we're not doing. But we can tell them things that happened in the past about when, you know, whether Johnny Unitas died or Bear Bryant was born. We can do that. <laughs> just a weird September 11th. It's just a weird Ty Cobb, you know, last game and then record, record gets broke. At the, sure. I mean, you're saying Serena, Serena Williams won on this day in 99 and 20 years later uh, just lost, you know. Almost on this day. Well, it's really, I mean, it's, it's impressive as uh, and that's why these are the things that makes us sportsaholics that we just, that we just love. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to tomorrow on our next episode, we're going to touch on this whole M word thing because I have a theory she's, but we're going to get into it in our next episode that I believe Kyler Murray, the hotshot new uh, number one draft pick Heisman trophy winner uh, playing for the Arizona Cardinals, who of course play, came back, an amazing comeback to tie against the Detroit Lions. I actually believe uh, he may be the world's tallest dwarf. I believe Kyler Murray may weirdly suffer from dwarfism, but is amazing. Like he should have been like gigantically tall, and actually is a gigantic dwarf. So he's like the Taco Fall of dwarfs. That's what I think. If it's like yeah, like he should be like he should be like six eight or seven two. But he, it, because everything about his body just reads, it's, you know. Yeah, it's like a little plumped up, and he's got those short, choppy steps, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. But we'll get that more in the next episode. Cheese, anything else we want to get into tonight? Um, yeah, I think just, well, I've got some videos up. I've been opening packs of cards and doing a new video. I'm good. Well, I got the first one up where. I open a pack of cards, guess from, well, the, the pack's usually 20 to 30 years old. I open it up, guess what those people are doing currently, and then actually go find out and then put it all together in a nice little uh, three to five minute video. Uh, all right, so we can check that out? Yeah, that's up on my Facebook page, at uh, John Is Here Comedy. Uh, links everywhere. Check out my album, Midnight Marauder, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio. Uh, I think I believe Pandora, but that's it. It's good to it's good to chat, Eric. It's good to hear your voice, man. Ah, uh, it's great, and we're gonna do more of this, everybody. Until next episode, maybe tomorrow, September twelfth. I'm Eric Reno. That's John Caesar. This is a train whistle. Stay obsessed.